Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. Uh, my name is Dean Smith and I'm joined by Chaff. How are you doing, Chaff? I'm all right, considering. Yeah, it's not an ideal time at the moment. We've been considering doing this pretty much all season, haven't we? But I think now with people needing stuff to listen to, stuff to watch, stuff to do, I think now's probably the right time to do it. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, I'd agree with that, to be perfectly honest with you, because uh, we're all a little bit bored, aren't we? Especially us, that's why we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, we've, the amount of times that we've messaged each other this year going, yeah, let's do a podcast, and then it's just sort of, well, by the time we get around to doing it, the next game's on its way, isn't it? Whereas that's not, a, yeah, that's not exactly. an issue at the moment. So what we thought we'd do is we thought we'd just have a look back through this season so far, um, our impressions on certain players, certain games, the way that the season shaped up, so we'll go all the way back to that first game and Tranmere Rovers away. And I don't know about you, mate, but after about eighty minutes, I was absolutely certain we were going up at Brenton Park. <laughs> um, well, to be perfectly honest, I had as uh, as favourites, even with Bury, the Bury situation and the Bolton situation, I had as uh, favourites to be that last relegation spot. And then the Tranmere game happened, and we looked like we were going to boss the league. We were playing football that I'd never seen before, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it was uh, quite a shock. Yeah, it was an unbelievable um, day, wasn't it? Yeah. And to the first two go- the first two goals, the oh, the chip by Henderson and <laughs> the Norrington-Davis goal. Wow. Unbelievable. The, the atmosphere yeah. was unreal as well. Like, I've not known an away end be bouncing like that at just a st- pretty standard league game for a long time. I remember... Going down for a beer at half time and everyone being under the stand singing and stuff, and that's not really something that you tend to get at Dale Games, is it? Not really, no. Uh, it's you know that was a, a very, very, very special uh, opening day of the season. Probably one of the best opening days that I can remember. Yeah, um, I mean we did our best to throw it away in the end, but for eighty minutes we looked like absolute world beaters. Yeah, it was. It was a bit. It was a bit nervy at the end, and then obviously the. Yeah. Ryan had that bit of altercation, didn't he? Yeah. But then from there, next game was Doncaster at home. Um, from what I remember, we we can see quite a late um, equaliser, but we played quite well again, and I think it was really obvious, like straight away, what BBM was trying to do, weren't it? For this yeah. point, he'd obviously set his starlight like, with the way that he wanted to play the game. Um, it became quite apparent we're not going to always be able to play it and mistakes will happen, but it's, I don't know, I think Sanchez had a couple of nervy moments in this, but you could see the, that the method was there and that he wasn't always going to get it right, but he would he was going to keep us, he was going to win us more points than he'd lose us. Um, yeah, and I'd, if you'd have offered me a point against Doncaster uh, at that time, I'm pretty sure I'd have taken it. Absolutely, yeah. And then it was Shrewsbury away. I mean, we had the win over Bolton in the in the League Cup. I didn't actually go to that one, but I mean, from it was it was basically a reserve side that we beat, weren't it? So um, it was, yeah. Um, the, 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 it was the whole palaver about the the game shouldn't be going ahead. There's too many kids in the Bolton side, and from memory, I think we had more youngsters in the team than they did. Yeah, there was definitely something. There was definitely something about like maybe the average age of our team. Being yeah, younger exactly. than theirs or something. Yeah, and it, to be perfectly honest, I, I was I was at the game and it, we did play very very well. Um, even though we didn't start the game well, um, I think I vaguely remember Callum Camps having an absolute stormer 
um, scored a couple of great goals. Um, and even I think even Pike got on the score sheet that game. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon um, to Cantor yeah, that, this season? Because like, for me, this has been, well, in flashes, he's started to show at times like what he's actually capable of. Because the last few seasons, for me, he's just, he's just regressed. And I don't know whether that's because BBM's been playing him a little bit further forward than, than Hill was towards the end or what. But I've been, personally, I've been quite impressed with him. And I'd be surprised if we actually managed to keep hold of him by the time the summer comes. Well, by the time the transfer well, window comes, whenever that is. Yeah, well, obviously we don't know how exactly how it's going to work because contracts run out on the 30th of June. He's out of contract. Um, I suspect we may lose camps. Um, but I've, I've been impressed with him this season, to be honest with you. And the stats don't lie either. He's chipped in with goals, he's chipped in with assists. And I think the, the change is, is purely down to the fact that BBM's not playing a number 10 in a number 4 role anymore. He's actually playing him... So almost as a second striker in a lot of games, and I think it's I think it's worked. I mean, he can look a little bit sort of I don't want to say lazy because he's not lazy, and the stats will point out that he does more running. But he just has this just the way that he goes around the pitch. It doesn't look like he's always putting the effort in when he, I think he is. Um, which probably doesn't endear him to that to to supporters. Overall, but as I said, the stats don't lie. He's chipped in with goals, he's chipped in with assists, and I think he'll be a big miss when, if when he decides to go. I mean, he's he's had offers this season to leave um, on a couple of occasions, and he's not done. Um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting summer with regards to camps. Yeah, I'm not sure like exactly how high I think he'll go. I'm, like what you were saying there about his the way his demeanour on the pitch. I think that's definitely something that, with we're at our level, at Dale's level, like sometimes players maybe get a little bit too much of a bad rep for that. When in fact, maybe just because they're not tearing into space, they're actually finding space by dropping off and being that little bit clever. And I think we've had players definitely in the past that would probably have done better at a higher level because they were on that slightly higher level, intelligent wise, football intelligence wise. And I think camps might fit into that category. But he was he started the season well, like you said, and he, he actually scored in the game against Sunderland um, at home, which for me was, I know we went down 2-1 in the end, but for me was a really good example of exactly what Barry Murphy was trying to do. And, and I think uh, I went to uni up in Sunderland, so I have quite a few mates who are Sunderland fans, and they were all really impressed with the way we were playing. They were really impressed with Matheson, who had a fantastic game. Yeah, and Dooley, he did. He had a game Yeah, and... Well, I, what were your memories of that game? Because for me, obviously, with it being Sunderland, I was like absolutely gutted because if there's one team this season with no Barry or Oldham that I wanted to beat, it would have been them. But I was still so impressed with the way we played. Yeah, I thought we played really well. And the, the overriding memory I've got is the performance of Luke Matheson because you consider that this was this 16-year-old uh, who looks like a 12-year-old was going up against Aidan McGeady, who was probably on 20 grand a week. Uh, and for the most part, for well, for 85 minutes, McGeady got very, very little out of him, and I thought it was an outstanding performance from, from Luke, uh, and that's the overriding sort of memory I've got from that game, but it was an, an impressive performance in which I think we were unlucky not to get a point. Well, it was exactly the same as well in the game last year, where we, we probably, may, in fact, I'd actually say we performed slightly better this year, but it was quite similar at the end of last season after BBM came in and we'd, 
sort of picked up our performances and grinding results out. We were unlucky to lose that game to them by the same scoreline. I think that was 2-1. It might have been 1-0, actually. Um, but it was a narrow defeat and we, we probably didn't deserve yeah. probably didn't deserve to lose it. After that, um, a 0-0 against Blackpool, which I've, if I'm being completely honest with you, mate, I have absolutely zero recollection of that game. No, me neither. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. <laughs> so... A win over Carlisle in the League Cup came after that. We'll come on to the League Cup quite soon because there was a better game in the next round. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, um, a bit of recollection of it, yeah. <laughs> so the next game after that was the South End game. Um, this this one was an interesting one. I don't know if you went. I, I, I've done South End a couple of times and couldn't be bothered with the journey, but I, I don't know about you. I really wish no. I had. <laughs> Well, yeah, to be, I went last year, and last year was um, was the first time. I think we went was it just before Christmas we went down, uh, went down on a on the official club travel. There was only about ten people on it. God, um, me and my missus included. Uh, we ended up going on a minibus, not even a coach, all the <laughs> way down to South End, uh, and we won. We ended up winning for the first time in God knows how many years, and it was absolutely brilliant because we never win in London. And then this year we went down. I didn't go to the game myself either. Uh, and by all accounts, we absolutely played them off the park um, in a Tranmere style. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, well, I think one of the goals that was scored as well was um, was another was a, a similar goal to the to the Norrington Davis goal at Tranmere with sort of consistent passing, moving. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely outstanding goal, real team goal. There was another one as well in that game. Um, I think it was the first goal where Camps laid it off for Morley, who smashed it in from the edge of the area. The touch from Camps was just absolutely delightful. And then obviously afterwards with that goal that you were mentioning, where there was God knows how many passes in the build-up, there was all the uh, Guardiola comparisons afterwards and what yeah, have you. Yeah, yeah, there was one. But the next game was like a proper back down to earth because it was. Um, a 6-0 away defeat at Peterborough and we started to see um, the issues with the with the style of play that Barry Murphy wants to adopt. If, it come, if you come up against a team like Peterborough, you're going to get punished when they take, make yeah. the most of that passing and that's exactly what happened in, it, like, in that game. Yeah, um, I have a rule me. I don't watch um, Quest or any highlights if we get beat, unless I'm doing a match report. <laughs> Um, at the time we weren't doing them so I didn't see any of the highlights from this game I refused to watch it I just put it down as a really bad day at the office and that's exactly what it sounded like but yeah you, you're going to come up against really good teams who you're not going to be able to play the way that Brian wants to play um, and it, it's just not going to work and I think as we got further into the season we started to realise the teams that we can do it against and the teams that we can't do it against um, whilst also really wanting to to give it as good a go as what we can, and this was just a, a yeah, a hor- horrible scoreline, horrible scoreline. Yeah, and I think the the particularly frustrating thing was that it a that it came on the back of that win at South End, where the style of play had absolutely won us so many plaudits all over Twitter and on Quest itself. I think after the game, to then come back down to earth and so many of the goals, if you didn't see them, <laughs> so many of the goals were, were through mistakes where we were trying to overplay it from the back. Personally, um, I like that style of play. I know that when it when it doesn't work and we get beat 6-0 by one of the best teams in the league, it looks 
pretty bad. But yeah. where do you stand on that overall? Like, are you wanting us to be a little bit more reactive to teams, or do you want us to carry on trying to play this style of football, even if at times we're going to get, you know, we're going to be on the wrong end of a pretty pretty bad scoreline? Um, to be perfectly honest, I, again, it depends on who you're going to come up against. You're not going to be able to do it against everybody. But as a sort of general rule, I do like the. the I think it's a, an attractive way to play football, but. It's one of them. It's, if if it works, it looks tremendous. If it doesn't work, it's it looks awful, and it gets people's backs up. Uh, you hear it all the time. Get it forward. Yeah. Um, we, we, at the time, we sort of had people shouting from the stands as if they wanted Graham Barrow style football, which I never thought I'd hear again. To be honest with you, but uh, for me, I like the way that we play the football. I like the fact that he's got his own preferred style. Um, and if the, the more we do it, the better we're going to get at it. Um, but yeah, we may have to adapt based on certain circumstances. You're not going to be able to go to the better teams and play like that, for example. Yeah, and I think we saw that, didn't we, in the, in the FA Cup a little bit later on. Obviously, we'll get to that a bit later, but I think... I think the frustration does lie with a lot of those fans, and I agree that I think the reaction to it at times has been, frankly, like way over the top. Um, I think sometimes you've got to, like you say, you've got to be reactive. You've got to think, right, maybe we're playing against a team that are going to punish us if we play this style of football. Um, yeah. But we know that Barry Murphy's got it in him to like play the style of football that kept us up last year because it was totally different to what it is now, if you remember. Like some of the performances yeah, at the end of last season, and, Just, and we've 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 won games this season playing a completely different style exactly. to what uh, to the games against like that that's always beat Tranmere and beat Southend. We've won games playing a completely different way, so he is not averse to to trying different things. Um, Obviously, it's, it's come a little bit later, and we we possibly should have been doing it a little bit earlier. Um, but I think I think that the players. To play the, set, the the specific roles is very important as well. Um, he's evidently got specific roles for the likes of Aaron Marley, who um, he sees drop dropping back almost into like a fullback position, like a quarterback role. Um, and yes, but sometimes it works. Sometimes you see the lineup and you think we we might be able to uh, to play the way that he wants to play. And sometimes you you see some of the players and you're thinking, are they really up to it? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was maybe this time of the season where we started to wonder whether a few of those players were up for it because the next few games didn't exactly go to plan in the league, at least. Um, 1-1 draw with Lincoln, followed up with a 2-1 defeat at Fleetwood where we were actually ahead, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. And then a 3-0 defeat to Wickham at home as well, which, I mean, Wickham were obviously flying at the time, but still to be beaten so comfortably by a team that on paper doesn't really seem to have enough yeah. quality. They, they were flying at the time, but I I remember the game and I remember thinking, these are not all that. Mm. I do not know how these are flying because they weren't miles ahead of us. They just, they just, did, they just didn't make mistakes like we did. And the mistakes that we did make, they punished us. Interestingly, I'm just looking through the because uh, I have our our page on the RochdaleFC.com site up, and uh, it's obviously it's got all the squad numbers in, uh, next to it, like uh, for who played. 
And uh, that 3 0 defeat was Calvin Andrews' first start of the season. So make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's harsh. <laughs> I'm not only going to blame Calvin. So. <laughs> but before that Wickham game, um, one of the most memorable nights supporting Rochdale, I think, in our history, uh, certainly in my lifetime. Um, Mine as well. Taking Manchester United to penalties, chaff. I mean, what's, <laughs> like, what can you even say about that game? But like, what are your memories? What, what were you? What was your feeling? What was your feeling when that Matheson goal went in? I guess is the is the main question, isn't it? It's, well, it it was absolutely sensational, and it was the <laughs> reaction that was. I've not been in a, in a crowd like that um, before when we. You, you look at the. I know that I know it's not the Manchester United of old, but you look at some of the the squad that they had out that night was a, a strong squad. They had Paul Pogba. They had a world. They had World Cup winners out there, um, and it was just absolutely magnificent. I thought we played really well. Uh, I thought we were really unlucky to go behind. Um, I think they had started creating chances at that point, and when we did go behind, it was a little bit gutting. And I didn't see us coming back into it, but then when Matheson scores that goal, it absolutely just goes off, doesn't it? It absolutely goes off. It is for a 16-year-old to score his first professional goal. He might not have even been professional at the time, actually. He might still been a, I don't think he'd signed a deal yet. So to score his first sort of career goal at Old Trafford against Manchester United for a team so far down or so far below Manchester United must have been absolutely incredible for the lad, but it was absolutely incredible for us as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I can't really put it any better than that myself. Like it, it's just one of those nights that like none of us will ever forget. I don't think. And I literally on that day, I moved into a new flat, not that far away from Old Trafford. And I absolutely bounced all the way back to it. I was absolutely <laughs> flying and just, I was singing to myself, and it was just yeah, one of those nights that like we will, yeah, we will well, never forget. I went down, I went on the on the club coach um, purely so that my lad could go. Um, he's only six. I've waited, I've waited thirty five years for that fixture, <laughs> and he only got to wait six. Um, <laughs> he ended up, he ended up getting to go to Old Trafford and watching us take uh, Manchester United to penalties. Um, yes, absolutely magnificent. What, yeah. There's nothing else you can say. We were we were unlucky with the with the penalties as well, to be honest, yeah. because all bar one of them were outstanding. Even Calvin scored a, a good penalty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It could have been a lot more, but yeah, what a memory that was. Yeah, what a just, memory. Just like immensely proud of the way we performed that night, and like just the way the fans sang their hearts out, and just everything about it. We, the fact that we even did try and play our football at times, and when we came forward, we we actually looked like we were always a threat. Like they never yeah. ever looked comfortable throughout that whole game, and that is like absolute testament to everyone who played that night because they were they were absolutely phenomenal. Um, but like you said, it was a crash back down for that Wickham game, and then a defeat at Wimbledon as well. Which looking back now, actually could have could have ended up being not fatal, but definitely important because Wimbledon had been right down there with us, and I didn't go to that one, did you? No, I didn't go to Wimbledon. Was that the game where did we have? Such an injury crisis, yes, that we ended up having to play Calvin at the back yeah. from the start. Yeah, I think did McNulty get injured? Did he get injured coming off the coach or in warm up or something like that? Well, he, and 
I, he definitely didn't play because, like I say, I've got the team up now. And yeah, um, Calvin well, was in the fans. He, he was fit to go before the game and then didn't start the game at Nulsis. And then and Calvin ended up going playing at the back. And yeah, I think we, we got I mean, two goals up. quite late on to get back into it a bit. Hendo got, got yeah, a brace. Yeah. Um, Do you, yeah, I can't remember who's scored, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, well, Tavares started that game as well. That was Tavares' first start, I think. So that shows you like where we were at and then looking at the bench. Bradley, Gillum, Hooper, uh, Hopper, sorry, um, Barr. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole period, um, it, it wasn't... It, it was it was normal to have yeah. a bench full of teenagers. Um, everyone made... Sort of the, the the Bolton issue about having to play young kids very sort of nationwide and very sort of prominent in the media. But we were playing, we were having to put kids on the bench every single game. We had fifteen year olds on the bench that aren't even scholars yet. Um, I'm thinking the like of that uh, is it Peter Thomas, yeah, um, who's fifteen years old. Um, he'd been on the bench several times. Ethan Briley, who's uh, another, he's not even a not even a scholar yet, um, also on the bench for several games. Uh, and players, you, we ended up going into games with, with a bench where you were looking at the bench and thinking, there's there's no way we can change the game here. Absolutely. And it was it was so frustrating because the players who were out there, were, if they weren't in form or if they were yeah. having that game, or even if they picked up a knock, it was like, well, we, we, there's not really anything we can do. Like, But that said... Uh, we did add some experience to the squad after that Wimbledon game. Um, Paul McShane came in and three straight wins and uh, Accrington, Bolton, and MK Dons. And how much of a difference do you think he's made when he's been able to play, especially in those three games? Because at the time, like you said, we were really low on numbers, and also we after the games against Wickham and, and uh, Wimbledon, we looked like we were really struggling for form. So, like, how much of a difference did he make at that time? Oh. Absolutely immense difference. He came in and he looked like he'd been. I know he'd, he'd taken two. Well, he'd, he'd not played for the best part of two years, but you wouldn't have been able to tell. Um, and he came in and he was. It was absolutely vital for us. It was an a really shrewd, impressive sign in that. Um, and he partnered Owen O'Connell very, very well. Um, and yeah, when he's not in the side, we miss him a great deal. Uh, and obviously, he has picked up injuries and he's we do have to sort of sort of bubble wrap him sometimes uh, so he can't play two games in a week um, but when he's in the side we're, we're miles better when he's in the side than when he's not absolutely absolutely agree and he's actually I think he's been something of a foot soldier for uh, Barry Murphy out there I think he even when things aren't going well he still tries to get that message across of this is the way we're going to carry on playing um, but with that little bit more aggression that I think was maybe lacking before before he came in, yeah. in that in that yeah. little run of games where we had the three wins, the one that stood out for me was the one at Bolton. I don't know about you, but yeah. just just again, I think more from a fan's point of view because it's quite it's not exactly a derby, but it's a local game. And after going one down, they hadn't won a game yet. I don't even know if they had any points at that point, or if they picked up any points so far that season. In the season, yeah, to go one 0 down and then come from behind and win that was like a real confidence booster, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, the the, Bolton, the whole Bolton thing has become a bit of an issue because 
oh, I'm going to say Radio Manchester, but it's Radio <laughs> Bolton. And it's there. It gets people's backs up. And we've got the whole Keith Hill angle, Flakecroft angle, um, and all the whinging that they did um, as the season was starting. And yeah, it's become a bit of a rivalry. And I was excited like I would be any other sort of derby day to go down to Bolton. Uh, and I thought we played really well and fully deserved the win. Uh, and yeah, that brought a smile to my face as well. <laughs> I think we played well in the last half an hour or so, but the first half I was calling them every name under the sun. And then when yeah, that, yeah that's a better part actually. Yeah, second second half we, we, we played well. First half, not so much, but we certainly came. And I will say this, that Fabio Tavares got given the goal that day and I've got a bit of an issue with it because I don't want to... I don't want to sort of take it away. Yeah, I do. I want to take it away from no, it. Too, it's his it's goal. goal every day of the week. It's his goal. Just give it him. Like, what, <laughs> what are you gaining from not giving it him? I don't understand. Give <laughs> <laughs> me his goal, panel. It's, it doesn't even kick it. You, you, you're right. You are right. It comes off the Bolton defender. It's very, very obvious when you watch the replay. And I think there's even... I think... Um, DY Sporting even managed to get a photo where it's clearly in the bottom place like before yeah. it bounces over him. But uh, just give him the goal, man. Move on. It doesn't matter. Uh, the uh, After that, probably our worst spell of form in the season um, so far. So 3-0 defeat at Oxford. But, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I always expect that when we play against a team like, like Oxford away. And then um, a 2-1... Defeat at home to Bristol Rovers, 1-0. Defeat at home to Ipswich, 2-1 at Coventry, 3-0 at home to Portsmouth. Uh, also, the draw at Wrexham in the midst of that. This was like, I think this was when the, the uh, discontent started to grow within the fans. Yeah, and yeah the there, game there was Wrexham. a lot of pressure being put on then. Um, about, especially about the style of play um, and how it wasn't working. Um, one thing I will say, look at Look at those fixtures. Take the FA Cup out of it, but look at those fixtures. The teams that we've played, the yeah, the big, the big teams. Some of them were in really good form at the time, like Ipswich. Uh, I believe I think Coventry were in really started to hit really good form. Portsmouth had started to hit form. Um. So, yeah, we, you'd have took a point against all of the all of those teams in the league that we didn't get. We we did get a bit of an hiding. In a couple of them, and then, yeah, it was starting to grate a little bit. The, the performances against um, Wrexham, especially, yeah. and Boston, a couple of weeks later in the next round of the cup, didn't do any, didn't do us any favours. We did manage to scrape through, but the, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't good to watch. No, it, it wasn't. You're absolutely right there in that Portsmouth game. I remember just at no point thinking we had any chance of getting anything out of that one. But no. for me, like there were still moments within some of those games where I felt at least we're try. It's clear what we're trying to do, and we're trying to make progress. Yeah. And we're, at, I mean, Coventry. I don't have Coventry lost at home yet this season. I don't, no, I don't. I'm not. I don't think they have. I might be wrong, but I don't think they have. Yeah. So um, that performance there, we we went. I think we went one 0 up, and they got a really dodgy goal just before half time, and then scored an absolute worldie in the second half, and like. We could easily have taken something from that game, and that that might be one. That's probably it. Probably is the hardest game of the season. So for me, like even in these bad spells, there's always been 
little bright sparks, in my opinion. And I know sometimes I'm reading through the forum and reading through Twitter and Facebook and what have you, it seems like it's the end of the world. But for me, like games like that and performances like that, you can still see that you can still see what we're working towards. You can still see those like little little moments, like little good performances. Hendo had a great game in that one. And then um, following like this little bad spell, we actually had a decent bit of form. And this was the spell where Jimmy Ryan really started to show show what he was capable of because before that he was awful. But now he's turned yeah. into one of our better players, would you say? Yeah, I would. And I'd throw something else into that mix as well. That poor form coincided with Ollie Rathbone being out of the side. Yeah. Uh, if I remember rightly, because we had nobody from... We had we were playing sort of two defence-minded midfielders in Ryan and Morley. On a sort of, or MJ on a sort of consistent basis, and then there was nobody to bridge the gap between there and the front players, where Rathbone would get in and he would at least run at them and try and create something. And I think that coincided with us having sort of no outlet, and the ball was going back. And every time we tried to get it forward, we were just losing the ball. And I think that coincided, with, that sort of contributed to a lot of the sort of negativity because we were trying to we, we were keeping hold of the ball far too long in our own half because we didn't have the runners um, and then when Rathbone came back into the side it, we saw a different Jimmy Ryan um, he just yeah he, he was out, outstanding to be perfectly honest um, sort of late December and then the turn of the year he was outstanding Jimmy Ryan became and he sort of turned his he's turned people around to him um, because his early form wasn't brilliant at all. Um, and then, yeah, he's not many people are, are criticising him now. I think anyone who remembers what he was like at Accrington um, knew that he, he was potentially a really good signing when he came in. And like I say, it was a bad, it was a slow start. There's no denying that he was really, really poor in the early stages of the season. But once he got that bit of run, and also we, it's not exactly a great run of form, but we got the win at Rotherham, which was. A phenomenal performance from him and from the whole team. Just a real back to the wall, um, defensive smash and grab. It was absolutely fantastic. That's probably my standout league performance of the season, personally. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't even go to that game to be honest with you. But that that's what that is one of the games where I did see that. And it it looked like we were under the cosh a little bit, but defensively we looked sound. And the goal that we scored in that game was outstanding as well. The Aaron Marley goal. Yeah, Morley's had a really good season. I think I don't know. I don't know what your opinions are on him because sometimes the game does pass him by. Which, if you're playing central midfield, um, is maybe a cause for criticism. But for me, like just the the way he's like opens his body up and plays those passes across the field for a lad who's still very very young. I think people forget that because he's been in and around the squad for so long. Um, for me, he's really talented, and like when he performs like he did he did on that day, he's like again a really good League One player. And with potential yeah. to go on and be more than that. I don't know about you. I don't know how many pre-season games you went to, but I saw a different Aaron Morley that came back in pre-season than the one that we had for the last couple of years. It was almost as if he'd doubled in size and he didn't look like a, a young player anymore. He didn't look like a kid anymore. He just looked like, I don't know, he, he, he looks like he'd put a lot of muscle mass on. He looked like he was going to command the first team players. And then I think we've, I think we've seen that he's, he's been, for the most part, he's been absolutely superb. He's chipped in with goals. He's chipped in with assists and his range of passing is 
just outstanding at times. So, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if we end up sort of seeing a lot of sort of high-end League One teams interested in him at some point. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably the next step for him, at least, is probably going towards a, a top-end League One club. I see him as a similar level to maybe like Jamie Allen, and obviously he's now at Coventry, and uh, they were like absolutely flying before the season came to uh, a pause. Uh, after that, we got the win over Boston, but I'm going to do what I did with the League Cup and skip over the FA Cup because there was a better game coming <laughs> down the line. Um and then it was three consecutive defeats. And again, I think this is where fans started to uh, show a bit of discontent because the game at Burton, uh, 3-1, lost just before Christmas. And then Boxing Day, 2-3 two, two, against Fleetwood. And then 1-0 at Gillingham, which felt like it could have been a game where we'd at least, we could at least get a point. Uh, obviously, like you said before, there was a lot of injuries around this time. Still, we were missing a hell of a lot of players. And our bench was made up of youth products like every week. But yeah. what do you think it was at this stage that was like we were really missing? Because like Rathbone had, I think, come back into the team. Do you think it was maybe a case of like there's so many games come thick and fast over Christmas and because there were so many injuries, like we just didn't have the opportunity to give uh, any players a rest and maybe we were just looking a bit tired? Yeah, possibly. Um, was it around this time where we were missing camps? Um yeah, I think Camps missed a couple of, couple of games. Yeah, um, yeah. although looking at it now, he, he did. He played. He scored at Burton early on. Um, yeah, but he must have missed a couple of games after that. So yeah, yeah. maybe that's maybe that was the key. Uh, the and I just think at the time, I think we just became a little bit too reliant on goals from Ian Henderson. And if Henderson goes through a spell where he doesn't score for six games, you find that you don't score for six games. Well, that's very interesting because now you said it, I'm just looking at the squad and Hendo missed all three of those games. There you go then. <laughs> yeah. There you go then. So there's, there's your answer. That's uh, that would be a, a huge part of it, and we just don't we don't cope well when our bigger players are out of the side, no matter what position it is. We don't cope well when we're missing key defenders. We don't cope well when we're missing key men in midfield, and we certainly don't cope when our arguably our best ever players out of the team. Yeah, and he came back into the team on New Year's Day, and what did he do? Made score, well, score the only goal, did he? At Accrington yeah, Stanley. So that's that's. I think that was very much um, an embodiment of what you were just saying there. Like Henderson goes missing, comes back into the squad, scores a goal, and everyone's like, "Well, that's what happens when you're missing." Like you say, the best your best ever player, and since we're on him, I'm going to put that question to you: Is Ian Henderson Rochdale's greatest ever player? Uh, for me, he is, yes. Um, I think Keefell said um, not too long ago who his greatest ever signing was. Uh, and for all the bad stuff there is about Keith Hill, he's still the greatest manager that we've ever had uh, and achieved the most. And he said Ian Henderson is the best signing that he's ever made. Uh, and I would agree. I think he's the best player. To have the, to have the goal-scoring record at Dale like he's had, and the seasons, season after season after season, where he's been top goal scorer. Um, for somebody who, when he came to the club, wasn't actually a natural striker. Yeah. Um, just somebody who could play anywhere in the sort of final third. Um, 
yeah, he's uh, he will go down for me as the best ever. Well, I think that's an interesting point you made there about him not coming to the team as a as a natural goal scorer. Because for me, the season that I that will stick out in my memory when I look back at Henderson in years to come will probably be the promotion season where he didn't finish top scorer. I don't think I think Hen- I think Hogan beat him. I'm not hundred percent right. sure about that. Yeah, um, but Hendo played on the left in that season. And I think he was runner-up in the League Two Player of the Year. For me, that's that was Hendo at his peak, and it's such a testament to him that yeah. he's managed to completely mould his game because he doesn't maybe doesn't have the same the same legs and the same ability to go past the player like he did at that time, and and yeah. to become this goal poacher, this absolute like so reliable in front of goal, that is that is really impressive. I think. Yeah, I'd hundred percent agree with that, and I think. Obviously, what is he? He's mid thirties now, um, coming towards the end of his contract. If he decided that he wanted to stay at Rochdale for two more years, we would get two really good years out of him, even at the age that he's at, because he will adapt his game and he can adapt his game so that we, that, so that he's effective. He might not have the pace he was when he was mid twenties, um, but still got the know-how and he still got the footballing brain to be able to adapt. And I think. Uh, I think if he decided, hopefully he does, um, to, to sign a new contract, whenever that may be, that we would, even if he has to adapt his game, we'll still get to two really good seasons out of him, maybe. But, yeah, for me, he's just, technically, he's the best player we've ever had. I've never seen a Rochdale player with a better first touch. <laughs> Paddy McCourt. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he didn't do it quite as often. Yeah. Nowhere near as often. Um but the goals that he scores, the ability, the, the obvious footballing ability that he's got is outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. No, I totally agree. In terms of what he's achieved for the team as well, like just a, a, an absolute day of legend. And for me, I agree, we'll go down as our, our greatest ever player. Um, I just couldn't get through um, an hour of talking about Dale without mentioning Paddy McCord, to be honest. So after that. Um, <laughs> After that came another cup tie that we will not forget in a hurry. Um, I don't know about you, but at halftime of the Newcastle game at home, what what were you thinking? Because my I was so fearful that it was going to end 5 or 6 nil because we were absolutely... At halftime, I was wondering how it wasn't 5 or 6 yeah, nil. if I'm exactly. brutally honest. Um, we were, that first half was absolutely dreadful. Um but in fairness to Brian Barry Murphy, he saw what was going wrong very, very quickly uh, and he acted on it. Um, Tyler McGlaw was getting absolutely annihilated at fullback. Yeah. Uh, he made the change and on came Luke Matheson, who ended up having an absolutely outstanding game. Um, he also noticed that uh, Quadwell Barr was struggling immensely, um, made the change as well. And the substitution but he brought Wilbram on and Wilbram completely and utterly changed the game um, and then later in the game McLaughlin came on and all three of the substitutions that he made were massively sort of influential in us getting a, a replay out of that game so I, I thought as much as we were getting battered in the first half I thought the changes that Brian made were absolutely fantastic and they were the reason why we managed to to get out what we did. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, he hasn't. He had. He maybe hasn't done that enough uh, this season. I think that's where 
some of the criticism towards him is warranted. But he showed in that game and the Bolton game, which we mentioned before, um, that with his subs, he can change a game at times. And that was an absolute like perfect example of that. Um, Wilbraham got the goal. And uh, what were you feeling at that point? Because for me, I was a little bit moved. like, well, I'll take a draw and going up to St. James's Park rather than getting through and drawing. Well, Newcastle drew Oxford, for example, in the next round. So were you thinking, let's go and get another and win this while we can? Because we had chances. Well, I think naturally you do. Naturally, you want to win the game and you want to put yourselves on the map even more. But personally, um, I was sort of hoping for a replay anyway because I've never been to St James' Park before. Um, and I will, I would imagine the Dale Board would have been praying for a <laughs> draw instead of a instead of a win, which uh, seems a ridiculous comment. But the financial benefits from it, it's a Mexican no brainer, doesn't it? To go up to St James's Park gave us another sort of highly memorable occasion in what otherwise would have been a sort of I don't know you, you could look at it as a a struggling season but yeah. with some really really great memories and get us getting a draw instead of winning the game gave us a, one of the real high points. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely agree. Yeah, and that trip up to uh, St James's Park uh, I had been a couple of times before. Like I said, I went up to I went to the northeast for university so it wasn't too far away and I had been a couple of times before but it doesn't change um, it doesn't change how good a feeling it is to watch Dale walk out at a ground like that and to have had the opportunity to do that at uh, not only Old Trafford and St James's Park but also the stadium like a few weeks later as well like the, these are the sort of grounds that we never thought we'd see Dale play out a few years ago so like you say even if it hasn't been the most exciting season at times, and there've been there's been spells where we haven't looked like we we haven't looked like we're good enough to stay in, in the division. Frankly, at times, we still yeah. have those memories. I think from from what's been quite a good season, um, but the next few weeks brought some pretty bad ones because two away games, either side of a draw at home with Gillingham, uh, two late 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 defeats, at Wickham and MK Dons and. Well, I suppose that's all ups and downs of being a Dale fan, isn't it? Because they were crushing defeats. Yeah, definitely. Um, it wasn't... I don't know, maybe you can look at it and say that the cup runs sort of took a little bit out of us because obviously we were playing a lot more football than some of the other teams around us. Um, given that, well, we'd, we'd had two FA Cup, the, the early rounds, we'd both gone to replays. Um, the Newcastle game went to a replay, so maybe there was a hint sort of a hint of uh, fatigue maybe um, where a lot of players were getting a lot of game time where ordinarily they wouldn't be because of uh, injuries and squad rotation just trying to keep players fit and certain players bubble wrapped so yeah I think that had a it did have a knock on effect in the league um, but yeah it's uh, we got out of it in the end yeah we, well we got out of it with a, with a late goal of our own didn't we in the win over Shrewsbury over the next game and then a decent draw at Doncaster and then um, three defeats back to back but against strong opposition again it was similar to earlier in the season Sunderland away Coventry at home where we had spells in the game where we probably could have taken something from it and then a 3-0 defeat at Portsmouth but when you look at those fixtures the, the, the harsh reality is with the squad that we have and the resources we have you can't really expect to take anything from a, a little run of games like that can you? 
No, absolutely not. Um, I've, I looked at the all three games and you automatically put them down as defeats, don't you, yeah. in red? Uh, if you get anything from any of them, it's a bonus. Um, that Portsmouth game, we actually played quite well, especially in the first half. We had chances in that game um, where it was just it was just a case of they were more clinical than what we were. Um, just had that little bit of extra quality in their squad where we we didn't have it. We had if we'd have had somebody a little bit sort of better quality wise we'd have got some we could have possibly got something out of that game uh, it's very much a case of fine margins but um, yeah it's um, I'd have, you'd have took anything from any of them games but yeah we were lucky with uh, with chances in that Portsmouth game definitely the Sunderland game uh, was just an absolute shambles weren't it from start to finish but yeah, we were. I didn't go to the game. I didn't go to that Sunderland game. Um, and God bless the the low amount of <laughs> support because um, my girlfriend went to the game and she said it was one of the most freezing cold, dismal, awful sort of away trips that she's ever been to. Uh, and it made me quite glad that I didn't go. <laughs> no, that's Sunderland for you, mate. And I'm allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then. Obviously, after that was another game. It could be the last time that we see Rochdale play for um, the foreseeable future, unfortunately. Uh, but it was another game that I didn't expect us to get anything from that I was watching along on iFollow from Spain with about 20 other Dale fans. And we managed to have something to celebrate because uh, Matty Lund chipped the keeper late on and Dale beat a promotion contender in Rotherham 3-1. Oh, what a performance. What a performance that was. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, doing the match preview before the game, I did sort of take a little bit of notice that they had dropped points against the teams at the wrong end of the table. Um, us being one of them earlier yeah. in the season, obviously. Um, so, they were, they were, there were signs there that they could be beaten. I never expected us to beat them, and I certainly didn't expect us to uh, to beat them in the way that we did because we played superbly that game. And that goal from Matt Lund, oh, absolutely outstanding, absolutely outstanding. The whole the goal from start to finish as well, because Lund starts the move off just outside his own box and then just bombs it forward, doesn't stop running, and the ball from Camps over the top, and then the finish is absolutely exquisite. Yeah, all, all three goals were unbelievable assists. Um, Morley for Hendo for the first one with a, like a really deep swinging cross, and then Lund himself for Hendo for the second with a little lovely reverse pass that that totally like cut the Rotherham defence out. So that that was really encouraging, and it's such a shame that we didn't have um, an opportunity to build on it because obviously the season has now come to a pause, um, possibly yeah. a close, but. Um, it's been nice to have a little bit of a look back through and uh, reminisce over a few games that happened quite recently. I don't know what you want to do going forward, if you want to maybe have a look at some other past seasons and we'll, we'll go through them like we have today, or maybe just have a look at some ex-players, or I don't know, you want to do this, maybe people can let us know on the forum or on Twitter or whatever. But Yeah, absolutely. Know. If you've got any ideas, let us, let us know. Um, how long ago does that Rotherham game feel, by the way? Oh, exactly, mate. I was thinking before... Um, <laughs> After the I just miss normal life. Yeah, same here. I just miss watching Dale to be honest with you, mate. Because like I said, I didn't watch that um, 
rather than game live, I was in Spain and then I missed the, I watched the Sunderland and Portsmouth games on iFollow because they were midweek games and I couldn't make those trips. But it's just yeah. going to be so, so nice to get back to um, Spotland in a few, well, whenever it may be in a few months' time. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, I, I don't know where you see the season ending. Um, do you reckon they might, do, what do you think? I, don't, I mean, I really don't know whether they're going to void it or if they're going to play out the rest of the season. What do you reckon? I don't think they know, to be honest with you. No. I don't nobody knows how long this is going to go on for. Um, whether we predict a certain amount of time or not, um, or whether we start playing games behind closed doors, I doubt. I, I'm not certain that'll happen, given the amount of cases that we've had in the game of football. Um, but it could be we 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 could be well into the summer, but nobody really knows. My gut feeling is that we don't start the next season until we finish this season, whenever that may be. Uh, and we may just see a complete shift in how we play the game of football um, on a timescale basis. Yeah, possibly. But, possibly. Yeah, interesting to see, won't it? And yeah. it needs to hurry up. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's the main thing. Um, whatever happens, uh, we're looking forward to it, absolutely no doubt. And, um, we're just hoping, yeah. obviously, that everyone stays safe in the meantime and and uh, takes everyone's yeah. advice and, and what have you. But uh, in the meantime, we'll try and do a few more of these and, and hopefully give Dale fans some something, something, <laughs> anything to uh, to entertain themselves in the meantime. Absolutely. So please do what the government tell you. Please, <laughs> what and hopefully we might get a so with a little bit of sanity left. Yeah, the sooner everyone gets on board, the sooner we'll be back watching Hendo bag those last few goals and become the club's all-time leading scorer. To be fair, he might be about 45 by the time we get there. <laughs> right, Chaff, thank you very much for joining me uh, tonight. Um, like I say, anyone wants to get in, in touch with us and let us know what they think we should do, maybe a few more of these during the uh, during the football downtime. But thanks for joining me, mate. Absolutely, thank you very much. And we'll see you again. My pleasure.